Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Soul on Fire podcast, the Balanced Blonde podcast. I never know whether to say the Balanced Blonde podcast or the Soul on Fire podcast because it's both. It's also 11.02 right now. I swear every single time I record an intro for the podcast, it's some denomination of my lucky numbers, 201, 11.02, 102. It's really cool. You guys will hear that in a couple other upcoming intros too that I've already recorded. Um, I talked to a psychic medium yesterday. Two of my best friends got me that gift for my birthday in October. And this psychic medium is so good at what he does that he didn't have any openings in his schedule from October until February. So I talked to him yesterday and he actually touched on the 201 stuff and it was really crazy. He also said a lot of really awesome things that resonated with me that I think I'll begin to share over time, especially as I hold off and see what comes to fruition because I definitely don't want to tempt fate or anything like that by sharing too much. But yeah, it was pretty incredible. So today I have my very, very, very good friend who a lot of you guys know, Rachel Mansfield, as the guest on the podcast, not even a guest. She's more of a co-host because she's truly just such a good friend of mine. And this podcast topic was her idea. So it was so fun to be able to bring it to life on this podcast so that you guys can listen to it. It's our Instagram do's and don'ts, which... We decided to do for a whole host of reasons, mostly because a lot of people ask us, what are our tips for Instagram do's? And we personally feel like there are a lot of don'ts that could be avoided if people just knew maybe what the etiquette was, people who don't use social media as much, that kind of stuff. Um, For example, I get messages all day long where... People kind of just assume like, oh, Jordan, can you send me a discount code to Keto OS? Or can you can you just send me some product or like send me some almond butter? Or can I get some free almond butter through you? For I mean, Rachel and I didn't even talk about this, by the way, in the do's and don'ts. But I'm just thinking of another thing. And there's so many don'ts that I that I wish people were just aware of. Like just because we blog about wellness doesn't mean we are the go-to to send you free food or that kind of stuff. And I feel like there's just a lot of confusion out there about blogs and Instagram and people who work with brands and um, kind of you know, sharing our lives so publicly and everything that that comes with. So we talk a lot about that today. We talk about it in a very positive light because of course, 
we don't feel like anyone's done anything wrong. It's just an education type of thing and education on our personal opinion of social media and how great it is and how we've both developed careers with social media. So there's just a lot to share in terms of how we like to use it and how we like to see other people using it. And it's fun. It's We talk a lot about supporting other bloggers and supporting other people in the community that we're a part of, which is mostly the wellness community. For Rachel, it's a lot more food. For me, it's a lot more lifestyle and yoga these days. So just supporting other other people, other bloggers and how important that is. And not only important, but how much it helps you grow also. So we're really excited to share. I'm just so happy to have her here. This is her second podcast with me and the, the second of many, absolutely. So I hope everybody's having a really good week. It's totally been raining here in Los Angeles, but it's good to have the rain. So I hope wherever you are, things are awesome. I hope you feel as magical and soul on fire as I do after my psychic medium conversation and after my trip. And I'm just feeling really creatively inspired right now. And I just feel so lucky to be able to share that with you guys and and the fact that you listen and care and It could make me cry. It could actually make me really emotional because I do feel so lucky. I guess I'm just in an emotional spot right now, but I'm happy. Very, very, very happy. And a lot of you have picked up on that. A lot of you have told me that you feel lately like I've been glowing or I've been extra happy. And I really appreciate you noticing because you're right. You're right. So if you continue to notice that, please tell me. I seriously read all of your messages. You might think that, um, you know, reaching out, you're just another person saying something that I might have already heard, but I never feel that way. I, I love to hear from every single one of you. I love your reviews. I love your messages. I love your emails. I love all of it. And also join the Soul on Fire um, Facebook group too, because we have a growing community in there of people who are starting to meet up with each other in different cities and hang out. And that's so cool. So yes. Without further ado, let's introduce Rachel. So welcome back to Rachel Mansfield to the Soul on Fire podcast. Rachel is one of my closest friends. She's also a massive blogger that people are completely obsessed with and in love with. Probably even more so than I thought they were after we posted the episode because I couldn't believe I mean, I could and could not believe the response that it got. It was really awesome how many of you were so stoked to hear from Rachel because, of course, I was just so happy to be sitting here talking to her. She's one of my best friends. So to record our conversation is just a blast. So we knew from the get-go that we were going to have her back on really soon, but it's happening even sooner than we thought because we just have so many topics we want to address with you guys when it comes to what we do for a living, which is blogging and Instagram, which is, you know, kind of a funny thing to do for a living. So Rachel, why don't you say hello to everybody and tell them what inspired this podcast episode? Hello, everybody. Well, first of all, Jordan, thank you so much again for such a wonderful intro. And Thank you for having me again on your podcast, the Soul on Fire podcast. Yeah. Listening to this podcast sets my soul on fire. So all of 
The other interviews so far have been so amazing and the community is loving every second of them. So congratulations to you too, because this is unreal and it's such an amazing movement that you're doing right now with this. Thank you. Um, so as you mentioned, we're going to be talking a little bit more in detail about Instagram and what we do and to really help address, I would say, a lot of the questions we get, a lot of the things that we see on Instagram and really just have, I would say, like a knowledgeable and hopefully helpful podcast episode for you guys to listen to that can really help guide your experience on Instagram so you know what you should and shouldn't do. And so we kind of we mapped out the Instagram do's and some of the Instagram don'ts that we're going to chat about on this episode. Yes. And I'll just preface this by saying Rachel is so much more organized than me because while this is technically my podcast, even though today it's our podcast, Rachel mapped everything out in a Google Doc and she's been texting me all of these great ideas for what we're going to talk about. And I'm such an off-the-cuff person. Of course, I always plan to be a little bit more organized, but it's just not in my nature. So I'm super stoked that we have a little bit of an outline to guide us through today because This is stuff that her and I talk about and think about so much that it could be easy to get off track or to just start talking about one thing and elaborate it on it for so long that we don't get to everything else. So we do have an outline of the Instagram do's and don'ts that we're going to share with you guys. And of course, this is our opinion of the do's and don'ts. So if you disagree with us or if some of this doesn't resonate with you, that's also cool because everybody's different. Everybody uses social media for different reasons. But coming from the two of us who use Instagram as pretty much fully a career platform, which is really fun. This is kind of our perspective of etiquette, how to treat other bloggers, how to treat your own blog and all of that good stuff. So we really do hope that it's informative and I think it's going to be, I think that we put together some good stuff. No, me too. And I, I also want to, as we were talking about this a little bit before We started recording, but we do want this podcast to come off in a very just positive and happy manner because Jordan and I are so grateful to be a part of this community. And even though we're going to say some things that we don't recommend people doing, again, these are just our opinions and some of our learnings. So take what you want from this and just do what feels right for you. And that's what's most important. For sure. We just want to keep it real and authentic. And that's why we're sharing both sides of the coin with you because I know I'm not like this and I know Rachel's not like this. We're not the type of people to pretend that everything's perfect when it's not. So we want to share everything with you guys so that you can be equipped if you're thinking about doing this for a career or if you already do this for a career, maybe this can be helpful and informative to you too. So there's nothing negative about it. It's really just like Rachel said, we're so grateful to be a part of this community. So we just want to kind of spread the love for keeping everything positive and straying away from what we view as the don'ts of Instagram so that it can just be a more positive place for everybody. Doing this for a living has been such a blessing. And like, I feel so lucky as I'm sure you do to do this, but it's also been such a learning experience. And with so many like new bloggers and Instagram accounts like emerging in the field, I think that it's so beneficial to know some of like our kind of like cardinal rules, our Instagram do's and don'ts that obviously you guys can listen to and take 
what you want from this. But from our learnings, these are some things that we definitely recommend. So I guess I'll start with the Instagram do's. We'll start with like more of like the what you should be doing on Instagram. So the first one is you want to create quality content that fits your brand. So this can go hand in hand with the second do that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But you want to create content that is engaging and eye-catching and is going to lure people in to look at your account. So for example, for me, I'm a food blogger. So I have to create... Or not I have to, but I want to create content that is quality and is going to make people want to eat with their eyes. I want them to look at a picture of like a brownie that I just posted and then be like, damn, I got to eat that. Or you know, you want to make it look as appetizing as possible. And you want to like make sure that it does fit your standards of your brand. And that it's not like you don't just post something to post something. You want to post something that really accurately displays like the quality content that you want and the quality, like the theme and brand that you want for yourself. 100%. Advice given straight from the food blogging queen herself, you guys. So take note because she definitely knows what she's doing in terms of creating quality content for her brand. And the last part of what you just said there definitely resonates with me a lot because I think for a while when I was a newer blogger and even not a new blogger, but even just even a year or two ago, um, I would a lot of times post stuff just to post stuff because I wanted to have a lot of content and be producing more content than I was, especially when I was writing my book and was deeply involved in the clothing line that I had that I recently closed down. Um, I didn't always have time to create the content of my dreams, so I would post stuff just to kind of fill the space. And I look back at my social media now. And I think I'm really glad I don't do that anymore (laughs) because now you can ask anyone who works with me from friends to Christina, my assistant to Ashley, my photographer. I am absolutely diehard about what that Instagram feed looks like. And mainly just because I enjoy doing that. And that doesn't mean that it has to be highly curated content all the time. It just means that it has to feel so authentically me so beyond authentically me, just like your Instagram feels so beyond authentically you and everything that you capture in terms of what you share on your Rachel Mansfield platform really fits with the type of content that I think people have grown to expect from you with your food photos on the white marble countertop that we totally talked about during our first podcast episode together. So I feel like everybody's familiar with your method of your awesome food photography, um, to your occasional photo of yourself with, you know, often workout clothes on, mirror selfie. Like I know what to expect when I come to your Instagram because you don't fill it with filler stuff, which you easily could because you live in New York City. You go to a ton of the boutique fitness studios and fun restaurants and hang out with really awesome people. Like you could be totally putting filler content into your Instagram all the time, but you don't. So I think that goes to show why your brand has grown so fast and so well, because you kind of 
you you have the business side down as far as branding your content goes. So I think you've done such a good job with that. Thank you so much. That was such a nice compliment, Jordan. Oh, it's so true. I remember when I was first starting, if I didn't have something like new to post that day, I would like be freaking out. But then I would remind myself, like, would I? How would I be? How would I feel if I posted a photo that really didn't? adhere to my standards and then it didn't get the best engagement. So just kind of ask yourself, would I rather just post a post even though it doesn't fit within my brand? Or like, is it really worth the risk of not having like the, as many likes or comments as your typical content does? Yes. And then you might do what I do in that case and delete, which I have been known to do like a psychopath looking back on the Instagram, which is why I'm glad that later in this conversation, we'll get to one of our don'ts, which is don't obsess, not to spoil it for you guys. But I think there's a fine line between focusing on creating quality content like we're talking about and obsessing over quality content because at the end of the day, Instagram is meant to share your life authentically with what's actually going on. And that doesn't necessarily always mean that you're going to have time to create the most perfect photo. It's not really about that. It's just about if it's not the most perfect photo, just be mindful of whether it's in alignment with your brand. And um, I actually got such an interesting analogy told to me yesterday by one of my really good friends who has grown to really understand what I do over the course of knowing him for the last several years, where before a lot of people don't understand what we do, Rachel, which you can totally attest to. But he wound up saying that following my blog, but essentially all blogs, um, is sort of like on our end as bloggers, we're curating a mini movie every single day or a mini reality show every single day to give people snippets into our life. And I think because of that, because of the disposition of the Balanced Blonde brand being very sunny and approachable in California and blonde girl, blah, blah, um, people often grow to assume that I'm just super laid back and oh, you know, we can just show up at Jordan's apartment like at the different time that she wasn't planning on and she'll be cool with it because she's Jordan. And that's wrong because just because I share exactly who I am on my blog doesn't mean that um, the brand is not slightly separate from who I am as a person. I don't share content that often that expresses that I'm also very OCD and I'm a total insomniac and I'm really rigid with my schedule and I have a lot of areas where I can improve upon actually trying to be more laid back and grounded and calm, which is what the balance bond is about, of course, being balanced. So I, I, I guess as, as we talk about this creating content type of thing, can you relate in that sense? Do you ever feel the need to share something or like feel the desire to share something and then decide not to because it's not the type of content that fits with the brand that you've created? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of instances where I'm like out to dinner with um, a friend or someone that else, someone that I met in the space or I'm taking a really great bar class and I want to share something about it. And I I, like want to take a photo and share that, but I know that it just won't look in the, it won't like add the type of content to my feed that I worked so hard to produce. And that's also why I'm a huge fan of Instagram stories because it's a great outlet and like another way 
for us to really share anything. And on my stories, I'm so raw. I'm really not as particular. It's a great way for me to really share any brand, whether it's a partnership or not. And that's a really nice way to like kind of help balance the curated quality content that we're producing, but also showing like how raw everything is. Like this morning, I showed like how disgusting looking my breakfast bowl was after like I when I food style something, if I'm not eating it immediately, I throw it in Tupperware and then I eat it the next day. And it looks disgusting when I'm eating it. And I would never post that on Instagram, but it's so nice to be able to do that on my stories. Yes. And I know a lot of bloggers at this point like are starting to do more raw and uncurated content, which maybe down the road I'll want to make that transition. But for now, it's not the type of content that I want to be posting. Um, which I guess also brings brings us to our next Instagram do, which is consistency. So this is really similar to creating quality content for your brand because you want to have a consistent look and feel and you want to be known for something. And when I was first starting off my Instagram account, I had this like white shelf that was like connected to my window of in my apartment at that time. And that's what really started me to produce all really bright, white and crisp um, photos. And I actually registered for like a marble slab, as we were talking about before, uh, for my bridal shower. And I use a marble slab or white in background in probably like 80% of my photos, if not more. Um, sure, there's like some lifestyle ones thrown here. Um, and then when I'm out to dinner or out to lunch and I want to post something, like I will as well. But like my bread and butter is that marble slab and those bright white crisp photos and having that consistency is amazing. And consistency isn't even only about the look and feel of your account, but it's also, you know, it's it's posting on a consistent basis. It's talking about the same topics on a consistent basis. And you want to be as consistent as possible so that people like know you for something. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think what's cool about that to add a different spin to consistency is that Consistency means something different for every single person. So your type of consistency, which is 100% amazing because you've been you've done such a good job creating a consistent feel for your brand, couldn't be more different from my type of consistency, which I think people have grown to expect from me, a, dif- a different type of consistency, which is a little more... Um, Jordan, like we joked about the fact that you're so organized and I'm so fly by the seat of my pants and we couldn't be more different that way. And I love that because I think that comes across in both of our Instagrams and both of our blogs because mine is like, sometimes the content is going to look 100% blue because I'm traveling to like an exotic location and it's blue waters, swimsuits, yoga, all of that good stuff. And other times I'm home in Los Angeles and it's more just kind of capturing content um, with Hudson, my cat, and doing yoga by the window and going to Core Power, going to Erewhon, trying the healthy restaurants, maybe slipping in a photo from the farmer's market or homemade bone broth or in front of a really cool wall in West Hollywood. And that kind of stuff I think is so different from... um, you, I remember when you came to Los Angeles um, several months ago, I think it was over the summer, and you were posting 
still photos from recipes that you had made at home. And for you, that was the consistency that works. That's what people expect from you. That is what has grown your account in such a wonderful way. And for me, I try to do the opposite of that because I actually try not to post. If people know that I'm in Bora Bora, for example, then I won't post a photo from home kind of thing, even if I've already captured it. So I think it's a really wonderful and fun and awesome thing about what we do for a living that everyone's consistency is so different. So finding your groove, finding the consistency that works for you as a blogger and as a social media presence is a fun thing to learn over time. And you don't really have to get down on yourself if you can't nail that right away because it's really hard to know. Like, don't wouldn't you say, Rachel, that you've learned so much over time about what the best type of consistency that works for you is? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And it has to also just accurately display what you wanted to display. So like you were saying, when you're traveling, like you're only really posting that like content from when you're traveling. And that's amazing because like that's what works for you and your brand. So again, then it just goes back to just finding that quality content that accurately displays you and the brand that you're building for yourself and just stay consistent within that. It's so key. Yes. Yes. And your consistency is off the charts. I mean, we joke about this and it goes along with with who you are as a person. And I feel like for people who have listened to the first podcast episode that we did together, they know that you overcame a lot to become a full-time blogger. It wasn't like you jumped into this lifestyle with a ton of confidence and already knew that you were going to make it, quote unquote, you worked really hard and you still work really hard. So to find that consistency has not just been something that you've learned as a social media user. It's something that you've learned as a businesswoman. And I think that's something that should be taken into account because this job and this career path can often be looked at by people as, um, oh, she just does something for fun. It's just an Instagram account. People just use Instagram for fun and for enjoyment and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is there's a business behind it. There's strategy and method and so much to be learned. So it's so cool to hear from you in terms of consistency and creating quality content, um, versus, you know, just like thinking about Instagram, like, like we would have a few years ago, which is just a fun social outlet tool to post about your night out with your friends. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I did definitely learn a lot coming from like the corporate world going into doing this full time, but it's also like, I think half personality, like I'm a pretty like obsessive OCD, borderline OCD person. So when I, when I'm, that definitely is like displayed in my, in my account for sure. Yes. So should we go into number three of Instagram dues? Yes. Why don't you take it away with number three? So number three is our personal favorite, which is to engage with others. When I I get a lot of questions asked, like, how do you grow your account? Like, what are your top three tips? And we, of course, address the first two of quality content and consistency, but engagement is so key. And like you said, I neither of us would be doing this if it wasn't for having an Instagram community. And I take so much pride in responding to every single comment and as many direct messages as I can in a day because I want to interact with ev- I want to interact with my community and I don't and I don't call anyone a follower. Like I hate the term and 
label Instagram followers. Like it makes me cringe because you got, like the people who follow my account aren't followers. Like they're in, they're they're my people. Like they're my community, and I learn probably more from them than anybody else. Like the other day, a, one of my um, readers wrote and messaged to me, and because she saw my Instagram story that. Jordan is making homemade bone broth. And she's like, it looks like you're boiling it at too high of a temperature and it's going to kill the nutrients. Like, how would I know that without that person telling me? We would have been like, oh my God, we're boiling it. It's great. And it just shows that you need to engage other people to even continue to grow in yourself. And that's how you make friends. And I mean, that's how you and I met. That's how I met a ton of my closest friends through Instagram is all started just from engaging with one another and commenting each other's photos saying that it looks beautiful or I can't wait to make that recipe or like for you, Joy, like you were just in Bora Bora and I'm like commenting and being like, I want to go there. Like that looks amazing. And engaging is just, it's everything. It's that's like the bread and butter of Instagram is engagement. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And in terms of the word followers, I couldn't agree more. I like to use the word tribe because I think, well, I consider myself a part of the Rachel Mansfield tribe because I'm like a groupie and a fan of everything that you do. And I like to call the Balanced Blonde readers um, part of the tribe because, I mean, we're all friends, but we're also like-minded in the sense that if you're following a healthy food blog or a healthy lifestyle blog or a travel blog, then you're kind of, you're interested in that information. So I think it's all kind of like a tribe of like-minded people. And I personally feel like the world is all about finding our tribe, finding the people that we're meant to connect with and that we share similar interests with so that we feel less alone in the world. So social media is such an amazing way to connect people to do exactly that. And you're right. Instagram is how we've both met so many people who are so important and key in our lives. And I love, love, love what you just said about how someone who follows your blog told you that you were boiling the bone broth at too high of a temperature. And I get those kinds of remarks all the time or like people who follow me who are like, oh my God, I know that you love John Mayer. You should check out, make sure that you buy a ticket when he comes to LA but because they're about to sell out and that kind of stuff. Where like, this is legit information that I am so grateful, first of all, that anybody even follows along in the fact that I love John Mayer. So it's just humbling to respond to people and it is the bread and butter of social media. Like the bread and butter of social media is to be social and to respond to people. So I think when that quality is lost, then um, then it's too bad because that's like a whole half of why you're sharing in the first place. Absolutely. And then one last thing for, for engaging when a lot of other like bloggers and Instagrammers in this space will ask me how I grew quickly. And I always say engagement. I'm like, you need to write back to the people commenting on your photos. So if you're a blogger, especially like take the time and just say thank you for someone to comment on your post. And I guarantee you that after a week or two of doing that, you will see a difference on your growth on Instagram and your engagement rate on Instagram. Your likes and your comments will go up because people will know that you're taking the time to read them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just so important to to show people that they are seen and recognized and 
that's kind of what we all want in this world, right? Is to be seen and heard and recognized. So social media shouldn't be any different. Absolutely. Now the last Instagram do, which is another huge one is be you. So we're going to touch a little bit more on this in the Instagram Jones a little bit, but similar to what we just said before, you want to be yourself and you want to have your own brand and focus on what you want to do. You don't want to care what other people are doing. You have your social media profile, you have your Instagram account, you have your blog because it's you. It's all it's it and you're supposed to take that selfishly. Like you're supposed to follow your heart and your gut when it comes to doing this and creating your own brand. Yes, completely, completely, completely. I think that goes for anything too. So whether you're just using social media for fun, like like most people do and a lot of people do, also just be you and don't get lost in comparisons and trying to be like everybody else. Like as Emily Nolan from one of my most recent podcast episodes said, you have to reek of yourself, like absolutely reek of yourself. So when you look at Rachel's Instagram, she reeks of Rachel Mansfield. Everything about it is Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And that's what's so amazing about it because it's authentic, it's genuine, it's you. You radiate through the screen. So you radiate this connection, connectivity that that people crave, I think, in real life and on social media. So I try to reek of Jordan and the balanced blonde and everything the balanced blonde is, which is why I wouldn't necessarily hop on there if I'm having a really bad day and rant about my life and and say like all these negative things about people or anything because that's not that's not who I am at my core. So I wouldn't want to leap on and share that. But then again, you want to be authentic and which is why I would say I haven't had the best day, but I would wait until I cooled down so that I could share that and then kind of spin it in a positive way. Like, but I'm so happy to be home now cuddling with my kitten who's amazing. You know, something like that. And you also like, you have your voice. Like when you read a, a caption that you write, George, like people know that it's you because you have like your style and like how you want to portray something. Exactly. It's all about being yourself and actually like letting your voice be heard through reading a caption. Like I love when my mom or a friend tells me that they hear me, like they hear me talking in my cat in my captions, which is amazing because I'm literally talking to myself as I'm writing it. And I'm, I'm really do feel like I'm talking to my community. Like, or as you said, like my tribe, like I'm feel like I actually am having a conversation, which is why having your own voice is so important. Yes. Totally, totally, totally. And you so have a voice. And I think it's fun to switch things up. I mean, this is sort of almost going off topic, not really, but it's really fun to switch things up. Like for example, you always post your food photos, but once in a while when you post a picture of yourself and you share something like kind of deep and from the heart that's totally beyond healthy food, I think that's so exciting because people get to see a different side of you. And it doesn't mean that you have to switch up your whole entire social media strategy and do that every single day. Because I think what's special about it is you don't do that every day. So it's really fun because it's more you to just do that once in a while, where it's more me to just post food once in a while. So when I do... I hope that people are kind of into it. Like, oh, wow, that's what she had for lunch kind of thing. Instead of like already knowing that that's what I have for lunch every day because there wouldn't be a way to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should we move into the don'ts? Yeah. 
hits of Instagram. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay. So the first one, I have a very strong passion for this, even though I feel like I'm going to have a passion for every single one of these. But the first one is no hate. In my personal opinion, and I know in your opinion, this is a platform that's meant for positivity and inspiration and realness. But I, I can, I just, I break out in like a rash when I see people that are like so rude and negative and saying mean things and commenting on people's pictures and just saying things that clearly aren't nice. And that could be anything from if you're a fashion blogger and people think you're too skinny and they comment on your photo and say that like you look anorexic or you look, you don't look well. Like that's, it's just, it's so hurtful to see someone say that about somebody else. And for me, especially if I post a picture of eggs and I love eggs and people will tell me that I'm eating chicken period. And I know you spoke about this, I think a little bit on Jeanette's um, interview about chicken period. So I'm not going to get into it, but that's first of all, not accurate. Second of all, if I want to eat eggs, I'm going to eat eggs. And a couple of days ago, I wrote a blog post all about how I ate meat for the first time in five years. Yes, that was an amazing post. Thank you. And I was like, you know, I didn't plan on doing it. And I was walking home from Whole Foods and I had all these thoughts about how I was so excited to go home and make my first like roasted chicken. And I'm like, I need to tell people this because a month ago, I would have never been wanting to do that on a Sunday. And I was a little, a little nervous at first to say that I went from eat, not eating meat for so long to starting to eat it again because I didn't want people to send me like hate mail or say anything mean. I didn't receive one comment that was negative. And that just like filled my heart with so much like joy. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, cause I write in the, in the blog post to, to do you be you. And if you want to eat meat, eat meat. If you don't want to eat it for a few months, who cares? Let's listen to your body and and don't hate on someone if they're not the label that you want them to be. Like if someone, if a lot of like the vegan community or the paleo community, like that's great if you if people label themselves, but it doesn't mean that everybody everybody has to. It just really like I don't know. I just hate categorizing everything and having like all of that hate between like vegans and not vegans and yes. And I'm sure you see a lot of too. Oh my God, yes. Well, I'm so thrilled to hear that you didn't receive any negative feedback on that post. And I'm so glad that you didn't because you didn't say anything controversial. You were totally accepting and not non-judgmental of however people choose to eat for their bodies. And I think the defining factor here of why you didn't get hate is because you never called yourself a vegan. Or vegetarian, I mean, at least super publicly, those are not words that I've heard you use before about your diet or yourself. So I think that's really helpful because when we start using labels, especially on social media and the cyber world, then people start to categorize you in their head as something really specific. So of course, when I was the blonde vegan, which I won't even totally get into because there's, you know, there's a lot of, there, there, if people want to research that, there's my book and there's all sorts of other things that where I talk about that in such great detail. But I was labeled not only as a vegan in my personal life, but also that was the name of my business and my blog and my company. And I had vegan meal plans that I created and, um, 
people followed me because I was a vegan. So when I stopped being vegan, there were there was so much hate because I had labeled myself and then I walked away from the label. So I think that one thing, if you want to avoid getting hated on on social media, is to not use distinct labels. Unless, of course, it's something that is totally never going to change. Or if it does change, it's not going to be extremely insulting and offensive to a specific group of people. So while it's important to be you and listen to your heart and change and evolve, I think it's really important to keep in mind that you are going to always change and evolve. So I'm, I'm really careful now. And it's not a difference between being honest and being less honest. It's just, an, it's just a matter of being a little bit more educated and open-minded about the fact that things are going to change. So for example, when I ran the LA Marathon last year, I was very careful not to really call myself a runner. Um, And this sounds so funny because that's not really a label, but it is. It is to some people. So I didn't want to say like, I'm a runner. And because I'm a runner, this is how runners eat and do something like that, where I show people this is like, this is the way to do it. And this is what I am. So I always was really careful because of what I learned about calling myself a vegan for so long and being a vegan for so long. I was really careful to just be like, I'm training for the marathon. I never considered myself a runner before, I guess I'm a runner right now, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be running all the time after this marathon ends. So I'm just a really active person. I love to be active. Right now, I love to run. Probably later this year when I'm doing my 500-hour yoga training, I'll be doing a lot more yoga and a lot less running. So I think it's just being really open to the idea that we're always going to change. I think people are receptive to that. And um, in particular, That has a lot to do with my brand, The Balanced Blonde, because balance is what I'm trying to put out into the universe. So I think I have to be more mindful of those labels than most people do because I want to portray living a balanced life and I also want to live a balanced life and strive for a balanced life, even if I'm not always totally balanced. So um, as far as, yeah, to go back to what it what, what our original bullet point is, is, is no hate. Um, don't, you know, don't hate on other people just because they're saying something that you disagree with. And as someone who's posting, maybe don't post something that could enrage people if you can't handle the negativity. (laughs) So Rachel was careful because she didn't want the onslaught of negativity and who does. So just be careful and always be open and mindful to the fact that, on social media, you're opening your life up to so many people. So you're opening your yourself up to so many different opinions. So just be mindful and recognize that if you say like, I'm a runner and runners have to eat X amount of calories and X amount of carbs every day, there's going to be some diehard runner that's going to comment on your photo and be like, you are so wrong. <laughs> Don't spread that information because that's, just how people are. No, absolutely. And I actually never, I've never spoken about on Instagram that I don't eat meat, which is funny because not funny, but I, I just never wanted to label myself. Like even when people would call me like a pescatarian or something, I'm like, I'm not a pescatarian. Like I'm Rachel. Like I always say like, I'm going to crave it again. I'm going to crave chicken and beef again. I just, I needed to wait for the day of that. And I don't know. I just didn't want that type of like negative feedback. So 
if you don't, if you, if you also, if you radiate positivity, if you show positivity, it'll come back to you. So yeah. If you put positivity into the universe, that is what you're calling back to you, which if anybody's looking for a good book that has to do with that, Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back is all about radiating that type of energy. And I swear that book changed my life. And I'm having her on the podcast in several months. So be on the lookout. Yeah. I know. So yeah, I would recommend that book because it really, it actually corresponds to everything we're talking about too. It's like social media, you're really opening yourself up to the universe, to a lot of different people's energy. So if you put positive energy out, you're going to receive that positive energy back, especially if it's genuine. Yeah, absolutely. So should we move on to number two? Yes. So I feel like we could also do an episode all about like labels and hate. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I think Rachel should be a monthly guest. I think everybody who agrees with me should just go tell both of us because I feel like she is my ideal co-host. We are like the yin and the yang to each other, but we're also so similar. So I know we really are so yin and yang, but we like, we have so much in common too at the same time. So it just makes it like, I don't know, it just makes it even more perfect because I'm so OCD and like obsessive and you're like, yeah, whatever, like we'll figure it out. <laughs> Literally, I know, I know. I woke up super late today and I had tons of texts from her. I'm like, she's organizing this and I am so stoked about that. But in bar class, so it's fine. Oh I'm my God, you're amazing. Well, yeah, so anybody who agrees that Rachel should be a monthly co-host, just send us both a message and we'll make it happen. And in the meantime, Rachel, why don't you tell us what number two of the Instagram don'ts is? And if you think, don't want me to, remember not to spread any hate, just don't say yes. (laughs) Yeah, Um. exactly. No, I'm pretty sure everybody would freakishly want you to, but go on. Number two is copying other people. So within this, there's like a couple of aspects about copying other people. The first one is when you regram somebody's photo, um, and you don't credit them in the caption that like drives me crazy. I would say that happens to me at least a dozen times a day. Someone will take one of my photos and just like post it on their own account. And judging by like the caption, you would never even know it wasn't their photo. So if you want to use someone else's like content, which is, which is wonderful. That's all about engaging with other people and spreading the love and the word, but definitely include their handle in the caption. So to make sure that that like makes sense, like if you take someone's photo, you post it on your Instagram, right? The caption that you'd want, but definitely say like beautiful info uh, from at like the balance blonde or whoever you got it from or say like, like you use the photo emoji and then do like the little like colon and then write the person's name. Just give them credit when credit's due because I know for me personally, it takes me hours to style something. And when I see that someone just like copied the photo and then just like didn't even think to give me credit, it's just like, it, it's disrespectful and it hurts my feelings. And The other part of that is when you, at least this is a little bit, I would say like food blog focus, but I think it could be relatable in other aspects. So on my blog is where I post like all of my recipes. And I notice that a lot of people will like copy and paste the recipe and just like put it in their caption. And again, like 
those take me so many, so much time to create and blog traffic is like a big part of what I, like I, I want traffic to my blog. That's, you know, it's a income revenue for me, which sounds like selfish, but you know, if people want me to continue to blog, I have to make money from it. And when people just like copy the recipe and it's just not right, like just say full recipe on like Rachel's blog or anything, or when someone, when people copy something and sorry, this is the third one. So as you can tell, there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to copying. So the last part of copying is when you see something on someone else's account and you basically recreate it and act like it's your own, which again, I think is super common in the food, in the food uh, world when it comes to Instagram. So if you see a picture of someone like, for example, like Lee, Lee from America makes the most like beautifully styled food that I've like ever seen in my life. And if you want to recreate something similar to hers, just say you got the inspo from her, like talk about it in your caption. That's another way to engage with people and kind of make it into a positive, a positive experience. Yeah. (laughs) And also there's no shame in crediting other people. It actually feels really good. And it's funny, like, I'm glad that you're talking about this from a food blogging perspective because, I mean, I think it happens the most with food blogging that people can just literally copy a recipe and pretend like it was their idea, which is really unfortunate. Um, it's also illegal. <laughs> it's plagiarism. But beyond being illegal, it's very hurtful and it's just, it's just sucks. But um, the other thing is from it, from my perspective as a lifestyle blogger and a yoga teacher, We talk a lot about this in yoga too, because um, if a teacher teaches a really good class, like an amazing class with a really inspiring sequence and just a kick-ass playlist, and then somebody copies that and and like takes a quote that the teacher said during class and and uses it on their Instagram without without um, crediting them, which happens all the time, especially like at Yoga Works where I did my training just because LA is a competitive yoga world. It sucks and it's, it's mean. But the other thing is, I think people underestimate the fact that it feels really good to credit people who you learned from or people who you got inspiration from. Um, and it's funny that you bring up Lee, Lee from America, because a couple mornings ago when I was still in Bora Bora, Lee posted a photo basically of her in her really cute room in bed saying that she was staying home to take care of herself because she needed a day off. And I woke up in Bora Bora, I had a migraine and I felt like really sick and dizzy. And I think I had heat stroke or just, I was like really overheated. So I was going to meet my parents in the gym and just do a light workout. But after I saw her post, I thought, you know what? Staying in bed this morning sounds amazing. And I'm on vacation. Why wouldn't I? So I decided to stay in bed and I posted about it and I I tagged her. I said, like, ultimately I was really inspired by at Lee from America. You guys should see her cute post about staying home today and taking care of yourself. It's really important. Um, and to me, it just feels good to credit other people. Like, I would feel kind of weird if after her, like who I totally admire and respect, if I posted something like an hour later saying the same type of thing, like I decided to take home and take care of myself and this was all my idea. Like, don't you seem, don't you feel kind of silly when you do that? I mean, I do. I I would. So 
I think it feels really good to credit other people and there's no shame in doing it. It doesn't mean that you don't have your own ideas. Like all of the world, all the best things that happen in the world are usually when you're inspired by somebody else. So credit them and that person will also respect you for what you've created based on your inspiration. They'll be flattered and they'll be they'll respect you and it doesn't mean that you don't have your own ideas. It just means that they got you thinking about something, which is cool. Exactly. And I love that. And it's, again, it all comes back to just connecting with other people. And the more that you get inspired from other people, which is great, like that's a huge part of this, but always credit when credit is due. That, that's how that saying goes, right? Yeah, when- it is. And, and, um, on the note of copying also like blog post titles and blog post ideas, those get copied all the time. And I think it would just be really nice if, People said, like in the first paragraph, this was inspired by blah, 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 and link back to their blog. Because like Rachel said, blog traffic is huge. And people notice if you link back to them, they can see it directly on the dashboard of their site. And they'd be really grateful. So I've seen over the years of blogging hundreds upon hundreds of blog post titles that were taken directly from me that were really intricate, detailed titles that for sure were just copied. And I'm happy to inspire other people's blog post idea. But um, when people don't credit at all, and even especially if they later act like, oh my God, I had no idea you also did that. Then <laughs> it's like, no, you're you're lying. And um, the the funny thing is people who are avid blog readers of the blog with the original idea, they'll usually be the first to find it. And that's usually how I've ever found out is people who are loyal, dedicated readers of my blog will say like, oh my gosh, did you know that this person like stole your blog post title and literally wrote about the same thing without crediting you? And I'm just like, wow that's too bad. Like there's nothing you can do about it after it happens, but it just doesn't feel good when you put all that time and effort into it. Well, it's, um, it's funny, not funny, but I was, I talked to Jeanette from shut the kale up, like basically daily and her and I just send each other screenshots all day. And we're like another person, another person. And one person made an account that, and I'm not going to get into the details of this because it's Jeanette's like ordeal, obviously. But someone like made an account that was like the same name as hers, um, which I've seen on so many occasions. And it is just like, like clearly like shut the something up is very well known now in this space. For sure. For Jeanette. So when you see other people doing it, it just, I don't know. It's just not part of being yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. It doesn't fall under all the Instagram do's like be yourself, be authentic, be you, And it's, you know, it's really hard to be consistent if you're trying to act like somebody else. It becomes impossible. And I think everybody probably knows this from different things in life. If you're trying to act like someone that you're not, it's really hard to keep it up and to be consistent. And when you're trying to create a career or a blog based off of your content, it's so easy if you're just you and you just post what you're actually doing or what you're actually eating, it becomes like it's not even work. It's just fun. And you're sharing your life and engaging with people. But if you try to act like somebody else, and trust me, over the years, I have, as a blogger, I have thought, like, I should be more of a fashion blogger. Or I should be more like this person who's sharing their meals all the time because people really like that. 
I've tried to be more like other people because I admire them. And it, it always bites me in the end because you can't keep it up. Like I don't actually like to share my meals all the time. So when I was putting pressure on myself to do that, it didn't feel authentic. And, um, my readers kind of called me out. They were like, you seem like you're being really obsessive with your food. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. Like I, it's actually like less fun for me to share all these meals. I'd like to share other stuff right now. So I think people can see through that too. You want to be authentic. Um, this actually is a, it's a good segue to the next point. The third one, which is the comparison trap and comparing yourself to other people. I think that Everyone in this space is definitely guilty of falling for this at some point. I know I personally have, and it's really often if you like, you're scrolling through your feed and you see that one of your like friends or other bloggers or someone else in the space is working with a brand that like you would, that you love and you want to work with them. And you're like, oh man, like why didn't they call me? And then you start putting yourself down when it really... (laughs) It just it you should just be happy for that person that they're doing amazing things and you have your own amazing things going on and there's no point of comparing yourself to anybody else because clearly if like if it was a brand you really want to work with and they're working with somebody else, it's just because that might be what they're looking for for that specific campaign. Or if I'll be scrolling and I'll see someone will make a recipe and I'm like damn, that looks so good. Like, why didn't I do that? And then I'm like, man, Rachel, do better. And I'm like, no, Rachel, you make enough recipes. Like, let other people make delicious food. Like, that's the best part of this industry is being with other people and talking to them and making their food, not just yours. And I think it's important to keep your eye on your own prize and don't let other people's work and what they're doing negatively impact you and tear yourself down because our self-esteem is everything and you want to be confident in yourself because when you're confident in yourself, again, you're going to radiate more positive energy and you're going to attract more people if you are just a positive person. 100%. That's such a good one because yeah, comparing yourself just sucks. Then you're never proud of what you're putting out there. And it's hard not to do. It's almost like a daily practice to not compare yourself with other people. Because I think it also comes along with being a creator and a creative type. When you see someone else create something that they did a really good job with, it's natural to think like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Or why why am I also not doing that? And something, those kinds of things. But you really have to separate it and then think about, well, I didn't have to do that. They did that and they did a great job and I'm doing what I do. Um, and just kind of like trying to remove the comparison factor in general. And it helps so much because the thing about social media is there's everything out there. For every food blogger, there's thousands of other food bloggers. For every yoga blogger, there's thousands of others. So just kind of let everybody do their thing and do your thing. Try to focus on being you and not comparing. Um, because ultimately it just kind of, it sucks. It doesn't feel good to compare yourself, but also I think that's what eventually in the end leads to copying and to not being original. So actually a tip that I have for the non-comparison and to maintaining your own originality is when you first wake up in the morning or 
or at night or both, just kind of finding a time of day that works for you to not check your phone and not scroll social media. So what I like to call mini digital detoxes, I think it really, really helps with being original and staying true to yourself. Because if you wake up and the first thing you do is scroll Instagram, then you're going to take in other people's ideas, other people's creations, and you might not actually tap into your creative mind and think about what do you want to create that day? Or what do you want to write? Or what do you want to photograph? Or which recipe do you want to develop? You kind of see other people's stuff and think like, well, Rachel Mansfield made a mint chocolate peanut butter cup, so I'm going to do that too. It makes it harder to be original if you're taking in other people's information. And this is kind of just a side effect of living in 2017 because our lives are so connected. It's almost impossible to wake up and spend a good chunk of your morning not seeing what other people are up to. But if you dedicate yourself to doing it and even just like take your first 20 minutes of being awake to journal and think about like five ideas, five ideas to focus on that day, it'll actually be impossible to not be original because you're in your own head. You're not, you're not just immediately scrolling the phone. Yes, that is amazing. I love that so much. I guess the next one, the fourth one is don't do this for the money. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is targeted towards other bloggers and Instagrammers in the space. So a lot of the times when people are first starting off on their blogging journey or their Instagram journey, it's very often, you know, to reach out to somebody else in the space who's been doing it a little bit longer and Jordan, I did this exactly to you, but I didn't ask about money. So I'm not sounding like a hypocrite. And people will say to me, how do I make money? And I look at their blog and I look at their Instagram and I see that they're off to like a great start, but I'm like, you can't expect someone to pay you when you don't know what you're offering yet. Yes. You can't do this for money. You do this because you wake up every day and you're doing what you love and you're pursuing your passion and you're trying to like put something else into the world. And then once you do that, the money will follow, but you don't like, you don't just wake up in the morning and are like, I'm going to start a blog today because I'm going to make money. Like, that's not how it works. Like the money comes way after, like way, way after you don't just start making money the second you sign up for an Instagram account. Yes, I 1000% agree. I'm so happy that you touched on this because, yeah, I mean, I think both of us could probably be absolutely wealthy if we got a dime for every person who said, how how do I start making money as a blogger for people who ask that question? And I mean, it's an innocent question to ask and I'm not targeting anybody who's ever asked me that because I think it's a really interesting question and Rachel and I, I think, should do a whole podcast on answering that question. But I think it begins with blogging because you love it and not because you're trying to make money. So when I started my blog, I had no idea that people could make money from blogging. And this was actually at a time when people weren't really making that much money from blogging, but I didn't know you could make I didn't know about affiliate programs. I didn't know about anything. So when I started working with brands, it was so authentic and so just because I wanted to. And I actually like went against the odds to start my blog. I didn't focus on grad school. I kind of neglected my responsibilities in life because all I wanted to do was work on my blog. And that wasn't because I ever thought I was going to make money. 
it was like, I remember someone asking me, what would you charge for a post right now? And I said, oh, probably $40. And I remember people looking at me like, $40? You're kidding. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you think I could make more than $40? And this was all, this is all like hilarious looking back because I think over time I've taught myself. And so have you, Rachel, how to be a business person in the space too. But yeah, it's not about making money. It's about loving what you do and really having something to say and really having something to share that makes you feel full and sets your soul on fire. Exactly. You couldn't have, you couldn't have said it better. Um, and it's, it's common to be kind of clueless in the beginning when it comes. And when you, so I guess when you are at a point where you're getting approached by brands and they're asking you for your rates and your budget, obviously don't be like, no, Rachel and Jordan said, I'm not in this for the money. I can't accept that. Like yes. if the brand's offering you money, like you take it, like, come on, let's be real. But I think we should actually do another podcast episode about working with brands and money. Cause I think that would be really helpful. Um, in the space as well. We 1000% should. And yeah, we're definitely not telling you guys not to accept money. It's just, if you're just starting out, don't make that your focus and don't get down on yourself if, if you're not making money yet or if you're not making very much money yet because everything comes with time. All right. So the last Instagram don't is do, do not obsess. So Don't obsess if you, and I'm so, so guilty of this. So in this aspect, I definitely do sound like a hypocrite because when I first started my Instagram, I was glued to my phone like 24 hours a day, but don't obsess over the numbers and don't obsess over everything that has to do with Instagram. Like, don't worry about it. If you can't log on to your phone for a few hours, like you need to breathe and you need to still be yourself and you need to have me time. And you just, you don't want to become obsessive because then you'll be, then unfortunately you might like resent Instagram. And if you feel like it's a chore or you feel like it's something you have to do, then that's not a good sign. And you want to have like a healthy and balanced relationship with this. I get asked a lot how many hours a day I go on Instagram and now I am like so proud to tell, to share that I only go on it to record stories during the day and to post during the day. And then when I go into the mom and like the bubble bath or when I take like whatever around like six o'clock an hour for myself, it's like my self-care hour. And that's when I go on Instagram and I, that's when I enjoy writing back and engaging with other people. So really build like a little like, schedule in itself for for yourself so that way you're not obsessing over the fact that you're three hours behind on your feed and blah 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 like just don't worry about it which is definitely easier said than done but you don't want to obsess over this it's gonna make you lose it'll it'll suck the fun out of it yes completely 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 and it's hard not to obsess it's so hard I'm a total obsessor and I'm really OCD. And I think people who read my blog, listen to the podcast, kind of know that about me, that I really obsess. And even when I was in Bora Bora and I just got back a couple days ago, or I got back yesterday, I still have 85 or more edited photos that I really want to post. And I'm not going to go crazy with them, but I'm going to put them in a bunch of different places like Pinterest, blog, everything. But um, I was becoming super obsessive about which photo to post 
like in each moment because you want to keep your consistency, but you also want to switch it up with the outfits and the swimsuits and the backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And I was getting obsessive to the point where I had to tell myself, just calm down and just stop obsessing, Jordan, because at the end of the day, it's not about being perfect. And there is no such thing. Like there's no one photo that's better than the other. So I think learning to not obsess is just a general rule, not just for people who blog, but for anybody when you're doing work. If you're the type of person who's a perfectionist, if you're extreme, if you're OCD, just keep in mind, nothing has to be perfect. And at the end of the day, you're probably the only person who's going to notice or know that you spent hours obsessing and you could have just made a more easy decision and made life a lot easier for yourself. That's such a good point about the like obsessiveness of like having the perfect photo or any, or like taking so many pictures and not knowing what to post. Like I didn't even think of it in that aspect. That's so amazing because just earlier today, Jordan called me at like, Jordan, my husband, not you. (laughs) Me at like, I don't know, this afternoon and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm currently standing in front of our window over my marble slab, waiting for the sun to get clouds over it so I could take the perfect picture. And it's like, I'm, I literally stood there for a solid 20 minutes, like waiting for the clouds to come. So I could like, and I was obsessing over it. Like I wouldn't leave the window because I thought that when I left the window, the clouds would come and then I would lose the opportunity to get that perfect photo. And then I just had to say, he was like, okay, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) And I just had to like say to myself, okay, Rachel, it's okay. If it's not as perfect as you'd like, like just take the photo and like, let's move on to the next task. So it's step. I find it beneficial for me to talk to myself, um, out loud like that. No, but everything you just said is, is so on point. So correct with the obsession and We've all been there. And, you know, it also comes with, I think, just being creative people, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, because we are going to be pretty, um, pretty particular when it comes to our craft, whether it be photography or writing or all of the above. And that's okay. I think to find the balance between being particular and being obsessive is good. Definitely. Yeah, those were all of our bullet points. And so something I wanted to touch on before I forgot, which kind of goes back to the judgment and hate section, just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to say this at first, but I think I should just while we're on the subject or like while while we're still doing this podcast is that um, I particularly get a lot of judgment and hate from people who who know that I used to be um, orthorexic with the eating disorder because I've been so public about it um, and who also know that I used to be vegan and I get the craziest feedback messages a lot from people saying that, um, you know, we think you're still orthorexic or we think you're this, we think you're that, you don't eat enough food. I've even gotten um, messages from people saying that they've talked to their friends and their therapists about what I eat and they think it's not healthy. And to me, this has really blown my mind and it's it really upsets me because I don't, I purposely and particularly don't share everything that I do or do not eat with people because I don't want that type of judgment in my life and that kind of negativity. So um, I kind of just want to put like a general PSA out there that if someone is, is posting a little bit about what they eat to share with people because they're passionate about wellness and health, it doesn't give you the immediate in to start judging and start assuming that you know what they do and do not eat. 
because I haven't shared a full day of meals on my blog or my Instagram since probably like 2013. So to start getting those messages from people saying like, you don't eat enough. I'm really worried about you. Um, in some ways, I'm grateful that people are looking out for me. But in other ways, I just want to say, don't waste your energy worrying about people when you don't have the accurate information. I'm like, sorry that you have to deal with that because it just shows that you really can't like, you can't judge a book by its cover. Like people, if people say it to you, people probably think that I'm sitting here eating bonbons all day. Like, (laughs) and they're like, I get a lot of questions that ask me how I say like, you know, like fit. And I always say, because everything in moderation, like if you look at my account, yeah, I would be like, damn, like that's a lot of chocolate. And yes, I do eat dessert every day. And yeah, sometimes I have two desserts every day because they're made with good ingredients, but you can't sit there and assume that like, for example, last night I posted a photo of like 12 truffles lied out of my marble. Like, no, I didn't sit there and eat all 12 truffles. Like I had one, I put the rest away for later and I moved on with the next part of my day. Like people just assume that when they see something on Instagram, that it's so accurate and it's what's happening. And, you know, obviously like I don't want Instagram to only be the instant gram, like the instant photo of the day because I'd be out of a job, but it's (laughs) important just not to like assume that that's what's happening. Like, and that the person is like, it's just important not to assume that that's all that they are and all that they're doing. Like I do eat like vegetables and things, even though people don't think I do. 100%. 100%. No, it's so true. And I think it's just important for people to remember just because bloggers share a lot of their lives with people and, and open their doors to kind of let you in to their life doesn't mean that you can just instantly assume that, that, you know, everything there is to know about them. And, um, I think there's a time and a place to express concern when concern is due. For example, I do follow a couple of bloggers who over the years, I've thought, you know, that girl might be anorexic, that girl might um, be obsessed with this or that, juice cleanses, blah, blah. Back in the day when I was obsessed with juice cleanses, I definitely had people express their concern, people who read my blog closely. But You can't, yeah, kind of like you're just saying, Rachel, you can't, people can't base their assumptions off of just, just photos because you've never just said like, oh my God, these desserts are so good. I sat here and ate all of them. Exactly. Exactly. Do say that, then people could be like, oh my God, she eats so many desserts. I can do that too. But because you're not saying that, it's kind of just, it's an open window. Did you give the desserts to your husband? Did you share them with your friends and family? Did you not eat them at all? Like you didn't say. So nobody can, nobody can judge or guess, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's safe to say every single thing that I've ever posted on my account, like has been digested by me. Like I do eat everything, but everything is in moderation. And if people think that I sit there and eat all those things, please don't call me when your pants don't fit you because too much of anything is not a good thing. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. So I don't know. That was just something I wanted to be sure that we shared because... I love that. Comments, negative comments and things, they don't get to me so much just because I'm used to them from from blogging a lot. But um, 
certain things just really rub me the wrong way. And that's one of them. It's like, please don't assume. Please don't assume when you have no idea. And I started to kind of share that on my Instagram story, just like, hey guys, please don't assume like what I do and do not eat because I actually haven't really said what I do and do not eat for in a long time. And a lot of other bloggers responded saying, thank you so much for touching on this because this is a huge problem for me as well. So that's why I wanted to touch on it also in the podcast today, because I know that there's a lot of other people in our healthy blogging community who experience this to a much higher degree than I do, where people tell them you overtrain or you undertrain or you overeat or you undereat. And you can't tell that by photos. So like casting judgment on people, keep it to yourself. And also just don't waste your time judging other people. It's it's not putting positive energy into the universe. Exactly. I actually have a couple of questions that I had um, said on my stories yesterday that I was going to be on your podcast. And again, all talking all things Instagram. And there was a handful of questions that came in, but I picked a few that I thought would really relate to our conversation right now. And they're kind of almost like a rapid fire type questions, but I'd love to even just have them somewhere on the live iTunes interweb. So that way when I get asked them or you get asked them, um, it's a lot easier to have it all in one place. Yeah, I love that. The first one is, do you use a phone or a camera for your photos? So I personally do all of my photos on my iPhone 7. I've never posted a professional photo on my account. That doesn't say one day I won't use another professional photo on my account, but I do not have any plans of getting a real camera. I think I made it this far already with my iPhone and I'm going to stick to it. (laughs) I love that. Well, I actually believe that iPhone photos are what Instagram was made for. And I think that's why your Instagram account happens to be so popular and do so well because you're kind of, you're fitting in with the platform, which is something that I talked about on one of the most recent podcast episodes with Lauren and Michael Bostick, which is there's kind of a platform for everything. So if people are passionate about high quality photography and they have a Canon 6D camera and they want to go crazy with it, those photos I think do best on websites, blogs, Pinterest, that kind of stuff versus Instagram. But I use a combination of both. I use a combination of iPhone photos and my Canon and my GoPro because I just love, 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 love photography. So I like to switch it up. Love it. The next one is, do you have a light box or do you use natural light? So I just use natural light. Again, that's why my life revolves around the weather. I'm thinking about getting a light box so that it could help you know, make things a little bit easier for me. But for right now, it's just natural light. Yeah, me too. I've never used a light box before, but that is a good idea. I don't even know what it looks like if I had a light box. I don't even know what it looks like either. That's so funny. And then the other ones are actually a little bit, a little bit longer. I guess we spoke about differentiating ourselves. Do you have an, oh, this one, this one is interesting. Do you have an Instagram account manager? So I'm not sure if that means like, do I have a social media manager? But no, like anytime that my name is next, like anytime my name is next to something, it's something I wrote or did. It's just, just me, myself and I over here in my little studio. No, no help. (laughs) Yes. uh, Same here. I have, I have a business manager who helps with negotiations and all that kind of stuff, contracts, et cetera. Um, 
technically it is a social media influencer management, kind of like talent management. And I also have an assistant, Christina, who helps me with a little bit of everything, but everything I write is written by me. Every photo I post is taken by me or taken by someone of me. Um, and I like it that way. I've gotten a lot. I get emails every freaking day from people saying like, Hey, I write for, for this person's blog and that person's blog. Do you want to hire me to write for your blog? I'm like, no, I write my own. I mean, I try so hard to be nice, but it's like, I write all of my own content. That's why I do this. Cause I love, I love writing. So I don't understand when bloggers have other people write content for them or like hire people to write freelance articles under their name. To me, that doesn't go with the whole authenticity be you thing. Well, it's so funny you say that because yesterday I got a direct message from someone like offering to to proofread my blog post because they noticed that I have a lot of grammar errors and I should be really embarrassed for that. Oh my God. I think I know who it was. We'll have to talk about it later because I got the same message. I was like, um, that's kind of mean. I did. I just didn't answer because I, again, like, I don't want to like say something that's like not nice, but I was just like, I know that I have grammar errors and like that just like a part of me, like you shouldn't come to my blog if you're expecting me to like know how to spell and like use commas in the right spots. Like I'm not, that's not what I'm not a, a grammar blogger. Like I'm just here to, I, I write how I talk. So clearly that's not like proper, proper English, but, um, exactly. Really I think that's what makes someone them. It's, it's so funny. Christina and I talk about this, my assistant, because we get, like I said, we get emails all the time on behalf of people saying, does Jordan want to hire me as her proofreader or as her blog writer or as her content creator? And we're like, no, 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 no. And no, thank you for the interest. But the people also say, um, that they proofread and write for and then they list off the names of other bloggers that they that they do for. And Christina and I are always like biting our tongues. Like those bloggers probably would not want you blasting their names around saying that. Just saying. Because if I was, I wouldn't. But that's just a whole other thing. I wrote, I just wrote on my stories like probably half an hour ago saying that if anyone had any other like last minute questions to, um, to send me a message. And now my phone's ringing so I can't even look at it. But my mom just texted me and she goes, send us the podcast. I'm like, mom, we're recording the podcast. It's not. I love that. Oh my God. Hi mom. (laughs) That is hysterical. Um, my mom, I know I was telling my mom because my mom is so supportive and she listens to everything, like reads everything, listens to everything. She doesn't really listen to the podcast because I don't think she really, really knows how, even though she's listened to a couple of them, but it's not like, first nature to her to listen to podcasts. So I'm always like giving her a hard time. Like, did you listen to this podcast? And she's like, no, I don't know why I have every intention to. I'm like, don't worry about it. She's so supportive with everything else. It's funny. She goes, I just went into podcast on my iTunes. Sorry, mom. Couple months. I don't know. I don't know when this will be let out. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so funny. I love it. Um, well, I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover. We did our do's and don'ts. And I think that's a list that can be expanded upon. So if we ever want to continue, we can do a whole separate episode about it. 
yeah, I think this was, a, this was amazing. I hope that everyone thinks that this is hopefully very beneficial and helpful and it makes sense and that you were able to learn a lot. And I know that we tend to like ramble on things. So I hope that it still can still made sense to everybody. I hope so too. I know, especially because when we first got started, we were kind of jumbled or maybe that was more me and talking about consistency and creating content that fits your brand. Like it's the same thing, but hopefully you guys just appreciate the fact that Rachel and I were authentically ourselves, no matter what during this conversation. And this is kind of just what we chat about every time we talk anyway. So it's fun to be able to share it with all of you guys. And hopefully informational and helpful to people who are looking to start blogs or people who already do blog. Heck yes. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming back on. I love you. You're one of my dearest friends. I cannot wait to see you next month. And well, we'll be we'll be talking immediately after this. Me too. I'm so excited. Thanks for listening, guys. And happy Say happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And check out Rachel, if you don't follow her, Rachel Mansfield, without the E in the first name, in rachelmansfield.com. She's amazing and so fun to follow. She's incredible. Thank you. You're the best. All right. Love you. Bye, George. Love you so much. Bye-bye.